in the backwoods of America. We have climbed the highest mountains, searched the densest forest, dragged the swamps, and scoured the prairies to find our leader, retired U.S. Marine gunny, Bud Cornwell. A number of years ago, I heard a young father a very prominent young man in the entertainment world, addressing a tremendous gathering in California. It was during the time of the Cold War, and communism and our own way of life were very much in people's minds, and he was speaking to that subject. And suddenly, though, I heard him saying, I love my little girls more than anything, and I said to myself, oh, no, don't, you can't, don't say that. But I had underestimated him. He went on. I would rather see my little girls die now, still believing in God, than have them grow up under communism and one day die no longer believing in God. Today is July 23rd, Sunday in the day of our Lord on this planet. And normally... I do not do podcasts on Sunday. However, God has, over the last few days, entered into my heart to present to you a very, very serious understanding of what is happening in this world today. I started this podcast three years, almost three years ago on communism in America. But what I'm realizing is communism coming into our country is just a result of the world, the changes in the world. So I'm going to ask you this question before we get started. Has God actually foreordained the destruction of this world possibly through communism? Just want to throw that out there. And we'll go through this podcast and maybe by the end of this discussion, I have given you more information to look at the world differently, look at what is happening in your life, look at what is happening in America. Got nothing to do with politics whatsoever. This this podcast has nothing to do with who's president, you know, who's the supreme being of China. This is about how this world is changing into a communist, complete control of this world. And hopefully, I will give you some some thoughts to think about. And if you want to throw me in the bathwater, that's okay. If you want to say, Bud, you're out of your mind, that's okay. 
But again, I've been doing this for many years, and I'm convinced that the world today is being destroyed by humans, by man, and not by God. And I'll explain that to you as we go on into this podcast. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to quote scripture from the Bible, specifically Genesis, the beginning of this planet, the beginning of God's world creating man. And then we'll go from there. So let's think about how it was then, and then we'll think about how it is now. So in Genesis 6, 5, 7, the Lord said that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him to his heart. There is nowhere in the Bible that God grieves other than this scripture. So it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man, animals, and creepy things, and birds of heaven. For I am sorry that I have made them. The holy God of all things is grieved in his heart because he created this planet and the people in it. Genesis 6, 11 through 13. Now the earth was corrupted in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh from the earth because it's filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them from the earth. Why is he talking to Noah about this? Because in God's eyes, Noah is the only person and his family still in connection in the realm of of God. So let's go to Genesis 9:11. Once God destroys the earth through the flood, which we all know, I will establish my covenant with you Noah. Never again shall I or shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So God is telling Noah, 
Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm over this wickedness of man. I wanted to destroy him, but I have in my heart love and grace of the creation that he created. That's why he decided, ordained Noah and his family to survive. So let's think about this. 1,800 years after the fall of man, after Adam and Eve disobeyed God, God destroyed the earth, other than the eight humans, Noah and his family. 1,800 years after Christ was crucified, he is now allowing the world to be destroyed by us. He, he said, I will not destroy the world. It's just kind of a coincidence. I'm going to explain this 1,800 years. It's, it's not a, it just happened. It's the truth. And bear with me when I talk about how God is now allowing the world to be destroyed by us. Because he said, I am not going to destroy the world. <laughs> of course not. He doesn't have to. We can do it very easily as human beings. So Pastor John Piper says this, God ordained all things, good and evil. Fall and redemption, slavery and exodus, rebellion and repentance. God knew this world from the beginning to the end. And he has ordained, which means allow things to happen. Go back to the flood, he was disheartened and made that correction. But today, he's like, okay, Mr. Human, Mr. Evil Person, I'm going to ordain this world to allow you to destroy it. This is what is happening. So how can this happen? It's through communism. Okay, so we had all these countries and Nations that were stood up over and over again, but they all fell. They all went by the wayside. Assyria, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire. This is all the ordained plan. But see, this communist ideology is in the same boat. The difference is, it's worldwide. It's not just a country. It's becoming worldwide. And thus, why I think that God is ordaining communism to be the destruction of the world. So let's think about how did it start? Why is communism even here? When you had these thousands and thousands of years 
of people living in peace, harmony, had wars, whatever. But even though we were very, very bad people in the eyes of God after the flood, at least we took the Ten Commandments across the globe and said, I won't kill people, I won't uh, do things that subject my family, my attitude. But now, that is all gone. But it's gone for a reason. So let's talk about, first, the father of Karl Marx, which apparently along with him and Frederick Engels, is the beginning of communism in the world as we know it today. So, spoiler alert, alert, communism didn't start with them. It actually started in the Greek world. Stand by the rest of the podcast and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So let's talk about... Henrik Marx, he's the father of Karl Marx. And he was originally a Jew and converted to Protestantism. I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. So Karl Marx, the father, or I mean Hendrik Marx, the father of Karl, wrote this. Man is by nature both good and rational. And that all that is needed to ensure triumph of these qualities is to remove the artificial obstacles from his path. Religion. Think about it. They were disappearing already and disappearing fast. And the time was rapidly approaching when the last citadels of reaction the Catholic Church, and the feudal nobility would melt away before the irresistible march of reason. It's called enlightenment. So the Catholic Church, as we know, over the years has destroyed Christianity in its original purpose. Take it to the bank however you want to. Not saying that Protestants don't continue that process. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying in today's world, we have left God. Pick whatever religion you want. We have actually left God in this country as a country and as a globe. Not necessarily as individuals. See, Hendrik Marx was born a Jew, a citizen of what they call inferior legal and social status during that time frame. He had attained to equality with his more enlightened neighbors, had earned their respect as human beings, and became assimilated into what appeared to him as their more rational and dignified mode of life. So what does that really mean? What it means is 
these people are going and presenting themselves psychologically, emotionally, spiritually into the world and deciding that God has failed them. So if God fails you, especially you if you have any kind of influence in the world, then you must make the world right according to your idolatry or your ideas or your conceptual understanding of what the world should be, better known as utopia. So let's go to Karl Marx, his son. He was born in Germany along with his father. Germany is very important to understand this. In 1818, his father was a lawyer converted from Judaism to evangelical Protestantism. Kind of interesting, right? So he becomes a Protestant in 1818. But see, he still is attached to this ideology of enlightenment, of science. Think about that one for a second. Karl Marx and his five sisters. So the son of Hendrik and his five sisters, which Karl is the one that is going to start communism as we know it in America, were baptized in a evangelical Lutheran church on 26 August of 1824, and he was confirmed in 1834. Carl's early writings suggest that he was familiar with the Christian theology. For example, he wrote a paper on the Gospel of John while at school at Tier Gymnasium, whatever that means. Marxist religion interests changed while attending the Hegelian-dominated University of Bonn in uh, Germany. What I hate is, seriously, I hate what I'm fixing to say. I'm a German through my mom. She's 100% German, born in Germany, left Germany in 1960 to come to America. But it always points back to Germany. Just interesting note. So, in 1848, Carl and his gurus... Frederick Engels decided to create this manifesto of communism. And from my personal experience, I label this as the manifesto of Satan in the world today. A political pamphlet written by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels in 1948 served as a platform of the Communist League. So it's, that's part of how it started, the Communist League. 
it became one of the principal programmatic statements of the European Social and Communist Parties. So Europe, Germany, those people in the 1840s started adopting, leaving the Catholic Church, leaving the Protestant Reformation Church, and creating this communism. So the manifesto marked the end of year-long discussions with the League of the Just. What? What? The League of the Just? About the objectives and methods of the proletarian emancipation. Proletarian being like the poor people. So how do we emancipate these people? You know, no longer make them poor. The conclusion of its transformation into the League of Communism. So we're going back and forth into determining the true nature of communism. It provided the basis for the reorganization of the League of Communists between 1849 and 1852. And even after the League dissolved, it remained the most important source for communication and understanding among members of this league. So then you had this League of Justice, which started in 1836, where it was developed or created by a Christian Communist International Revolutionary Organization. Stand back and listen to what I just said. 1836. Christian Communist International Revolution Organization. It was founded in 1836 by a branch off from its ancestor called the League of the Outlaws, which was formed in Paris, 1834. This League of the Just was largely composed of German immigrant artisans. The League of the Just was a Christian communist international organization. How in the world can you be a communist and be a Christian? There's a lot to that statement. Just put that in the back of your mind. Don't look at what the communists believe in and then tell me that you can be a Christian, serve the holy God, and believe in communism. So what did this League of Justice believe in? It included the abomination or removal of private property and 
equal distribution of goods served as a forerunner to communism. So the people, the human beings, are determining we need to be good people of the world and distribute our property, everything that we've earned, to the poor people and everywhere. Oh, that is awesome. I 100% agree with that. But that's not the reality. The reality is you do this process because you're a Christian and you're connected with the God that created you and you have in your heart, in your mind, in your soul the ability to understand the suffering of others. So I, me, will give to the suffering of others. But when a state takes from me to give to others, those others will never progress in life because they will eventually accept that giving to a point where it becomes natural. In 1947, the League of the Just met in London and decided to formulate a political program. Marx overcame his doubts and with Engels joined the organization of the League of the Just. And part of that, the League of the Just explains that the society based on enlightenment is how you improve other people's lives. Negative. The only person, human being and God, that can improve a person's life is Jesus Christ. Because we can give and give and give, but if that person in their heart doesn't realize who created them and come to him in reverence of helping them in their lives, they will be poor forever. Take a break. When we got back, we're going to talk about socialism. And then eventually, how do you go from socialism to communism? Which, by the way, we are vastly on our way in this country. Do not go away. We'll be right back. We're living in a country that's the finest place on earth. But some folks don't appreciate this land that gave them birth. I hear that up in Washington they're having an awful fuss. Cause communists and spies were making monkeys out of us. The bureaus and departments have been busy night and day. They're figuring out just how we gave our secrets all away. And Congress has appointed a committee, so they said, to find out who's American and who's a low-down red. 
They call them up to Washington to speak for Uncle Sam. But when they ask them what they are, they shut up like a clam. I wish they'd take and put me on the witness stand today. I'd yell so loud old Stalin could hear me all the way. I'm no communist, I'll tell you that right now. I believe a man should own his own house and bar and cow. I like this private ownership, I want to be left alone. Let the government run its business and let me run my own. Our government is bigger than it ever was today. The more they hire to work for it, the more they have to pay. Our public servants should be proud and honest, you would think. Instead of taking bribes and dressing up their wives in mink. The taxes keep on going up, of that there is no doubt. But still they just can't take it in as fast as they dish it out. Our national debt is a monster size and growing every day. Our children's children, still unborn, are gonna have to pay. Our dollar used to be the soundest money on this earth. But now two bucks won't even buy a good old dollar's worth. Unless we stop inflation and take care of what we've got. The communists may win the fight and never fire a shot. I'm no communist, I'll tell you that right now. I believe a man should own his own house and bar and cow. I like this private ownership, I want to be left alone. Let the government run its business and let me run my own. That song was written and recorded in 1952. Yeah, before I was born. During that, you know, search for communists in America, all that kind of stuff. That's where that song came from. So let me ask you this. Listening to those words, has anything changed? Has America improved against fighting communism in this country? Think about it for a section. So, socialism. Well, what is socialism? See, you have to go from freedom first, then you're guided into socialism, and then eventually it becomes full-blown communism. So what is the definition of socialism? How do we know if we are in socialism? Here it is. The primary concern of the socialist model of economics is an equitable distribution of wealth, an equitable distribution of wealth. It's meant to ensure that all members of a society have an equal opportunity to attain certain economic outcomes. I actually love that statement. That means if you have a country that is stood upright like it was in America in 1776, that all people are created equal, that's the opportunity 
for them to achieve. But that is not what socialism is. That's freedom. Complete disconnect from the government allowing you to be that free person to produce in your life. That's the difference. See, socialism, to achieve this, to achieve socialism, this is the difference. The state intervenes in the labor market. So socialism says, do not allow people to build businesses, become billionaires, millionaires, whatever. The state must control the labor market. Best way to explain this, unions. You know what a union is? Do you know what corporate attachment to the government is? And that's the big thing. This is why we're in a socialist company or a socialist corporation or a socialist government is because those individuals that own these companies are in bed with this government to regulate positively in their advantage the labor market. So this is where we're at. So how do we go from socialism to full-blown, 100% communism? Been done before, many countries, since the 1800s. Going to explain that to you. Socialism is not a utopia. Because there's, you know, issues with that. What if a company doesn't agree with the government and want to be part of it? That's a reason there's no socialism. What if there's a union that doesn't want to be part of or have the government control their union people? And, and instead of the corporation and dealing with the corporation. Great example. But see, it replaces capitalism, but cannot do away in one stroke with inequities. The old selfish ideas of remnants of capitalism. Socialism itself is only the lower stage of transitioning to a higher form of society, communism, where they will no longer be any class. So, for instance, you, you take the auto workers. The majority of them for years have been this hard-working minority identified people, but they are majority of the United States. And then you have others that 
are part of this understanding of class. So socialism will not grant a person that is of color, of nature, of some type of skill, an advantage of others. But communism can. By eliminating all those classes, then you can have communism because then the state runs everything. They determine, not the corporation, determines who moves up into the, quote, economic class of the country. So in communism, there will no longer be any classes. Therefore, there will no longer be any need for a dictatorship of the people, you know, the poor people. So if there's no classes, the elites of the world don't have to worry about dictating and fighting these people that are uprising. In other words, you, you can't have freedom of speech anymore. You can't march with your union sign because the government owns it all. You have no control or responsibility of any of this. Property, income, family, you do what the state tells you to do. That's communism. So during this entire transition period from socialism, the working class must maintain and strengthen its rule over former exploiters and rise up against communism. But once communism comes into place, it's over. When everyone in a society can share equally in mental and manual work, in producing goods, services, and managing the affairs of the society, then the government controls everything. And people become second nature in the economy. You are a tool of the government. And this is how communism works. So if communism comes into America, full communism, then the classes will be completely eliminated. First, socialism going to communism identifies all these classes that are being discriminated against. And then once we fall apart as a country, then the government takes over and determines there's no more classes. And what happens? So if you're a MAGA person, for instance, in the class that the government says it, how can they eliminate classes? 
they eliminate you. Which communist countries have been doing for years. If you're against the government, then they will eliminate you. If you're not willing to stand in line and follow the structure of communism, they must take you out and not give you the ability to speak your mind, have freedom, and specifically change the minds of the people, of the workers, of the little class, which is no longer a class, everybody other than the people in the government or the little class. They will kill you. They will eliminate you like they did the millions of people in here. So Karl Marx, the founder of communism, the existence of classes is only bound up by particular phrases and the development of a product. The class struggle necessary leads to dictatorship of them. So what they're saying is if you have class people, people that are struggling by class, which they're doing it, right? Then in their mind, you have to have a dictator to control those classes of people. But if everybody comes on board, everybody does the stream up the river, you don't have to have this so-called dictatorship because the government no longer becomes a dictator. It becomes a provider a sole source of your life. You get that? And America is headed towards that, along with many countries that say they're socialists. Nope. Switzerland, socialists. Yep, they're headed there. Germany, socialists. Nope, they're headed there. Now, here's the interesting part. The interesting part is this, is as the world progressed today, it's no longer a country, a elitist of that country that is changing us or them into communism. No, it's a global elitist. It's the global people that want to change the world. And in my mind, maybe I'm off on my rocker. This is all predicted by the Bible. Read Revelations and understand that God has foreordained the destruction of the world. How can... He foreordained the destruction of the world by humans is only by humans taking over the world. Eliminate nations. Eliminate people. 
and produce a utopia society where only the elites control and determine what happens in this world. Sounds like an antichrist to me. And I'm telling you, communism is an antichrist. It may not be the antichrist, but is an antichrist. Now, last but not least, I want to leave you with this. The real beginning of communism, and, and most of us in the European world or the Enlightenment world want to point to Karl Marx and the Marxists that started communism in the 1840s. Stand back and listen to what I'm telling you. See, the world's evil. It's been evil since the day it started and decided to disobey God, which Adam and Eve did. From that point on, man is crap. We're evil in our heart. There's nothing we could ever do to make us good. Not only in the eyes of God, but even in the eyes of our fellow citizens. We do not have the capability to be good according to the holiness of the God that created us. Think about this one. Around the late 5th century B.C. in ancient Greece, ideas similar to communism were becoming widespread to the extent that they were parodied by the dramatic Astrophanes in his comedy. So, they, you know, back then they used to do theater and they had comedies and everybody laugh or whatever. So it was like stories, like watching a soap opera, just to kind of give you an idea. So the assembly woman in which the woman of the Athens seized control of the city government and abolished all private property while making the sharing of the woman and the collective rearing of children mandatory. So not only did the Greeks think about, oh, sharing property, you know, land, resources, whatever. These idiots in their enlightenment in the 5th century were saying, oh, everything needs to be shared. Your wife, your girlfriend, your harem, that's what the world's supposed to be like. We share everything. We're good to each other. We have issues. We take care of it. And, you know, we share it all. Over a decade later, in Plato's Republic, Socrates declared that an idea state would eliminate all forms of private property among the elite of society to extend that even children and wives are shared. Plato, Socrates, Greece, 2,000 years ago, or I'm sorry, 2,500 years ago. They're thinking about this crap. He asserts that the such practices would prevent 
internal conflict within the society and promote a sense of unity and common identity. So if I share my family, I share my dollars, I share my land, then all is good in the world of utopia. 2,500 years ago. And you thought communism started as we were talking about in 1800. Can you imagine a government? Oh, wait a minute. You can because you see it. That people are allowed these evil things of sharing their family. And that's acceptable going out in parades naked and convincing your children that this is okay, that you can act this way. Absolutely amazing. It's the only way I can say it. It's, it's incredible how this world, even in my lifetime, in my 60 years on this earth, has realized what has actually happened. And in my mind, and in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the holy word of God, I am convinced that God has ordained the destruction of this world using this ideology called communism. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate your time. Please share it. I do the research so you don't have to. So you can listen to this old, crusty, ridiculously insane gunny and share that information, which is true. I do this research over days and weeks. It's not like I did this yesterday. It present that to you so you can present it to others and share the true knowledge of the reality of the world. But I want to leave you with this before the closing song. God is real. Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. If you have not presented yourself to the God that created you and said, to yourself, I cannot live in this world. You will live in this world for eternity. This is hell. The world is hell, and it will be replicated over and over 
and over again in eternity. But thank you, Lord Jesus. There is a way to understand that even though we are sinful, evil people in this world, there is hope, there is faith, there is confidence that God sent his son to die on the cross. The holy of holy entities in the universe was destroyed by human beings for a purpose to take the sins off of our hearts and our minds and present that to him so that we can be relieved for eternity for every bad thought, action that we have done in our lives and will continue to do. Have a wonderful Sunday evening. This is The Gunny on the Patriot Cause. Out. You came down to this southern town last summer To show the folks a brand new way of life But all you've shown the folks around here is trouble And you've only added misery to their strife Your concern is not to help the people and I'll say again, though it's been often said Your concern is just to bring discomfort, my friend And your policy is just a little red Now ain't I right? Ain't I right? Ain't I right? It matters not to you how people suffer And should they you consider that a gain You bring a lot of trouble to the town and then you leave that's part of your communistic game I detect a little communism I can see it in the things you do Communism, socialism, call it what you like There's very little difference in the two Now ain't I right? Ain't I right? Ain't I right? Your followers sometimes have been a bearded, bathless bunch there's even been a minister or two A priest, a nun, a rabbi, and an educated man Have listened and been taken in by you All the country's full of two-faced politicians Who encourage you with words that go like this Burn your draft card if you like, it's good to disagree That's a get-acquainted communistic kiss Now ain't I right? One politician said it would be nice to send some blood And help the enemy in Vietnam That's what he says, here's what I say Let's just keep the blood Instead let's send that politician man Let's rid the country of the politicians Who coddle tramps and march out in our street Protesting those who want to fight for freedom, my friend this kind of leader makes our country weak. Now ain't I right? Ain't I right? Ain't I right? Let's look and find the strong and able leaders. It's time we found just how our neighbors stand. If we're to win this war with communism, let's fight it here as well as Vietnam. 
Let's rise as one and meet our obligations So communistic boots will never trod Across the fields of freedom that were given to us With the blessing of our great almighty God Across the fields of freedom that were given to us With the blessing of our great almighty God